In a story that is both shocking and kind of relieving, 13 people have been charged in plots against the Michigan government. Seven are being charged by the Michigan attorney general over plots against law enforcement and the state Capitol building. And six people are being charged by the FBI for a plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who they describe as a tyrant. Now, I say this story is shocking because we're actually hearing that right wing groups are making plans to shut down what they view as tyrannical government to go after people they feel are committing treason and hold mock trials. This is well beyond extremism. And it's extremely troubling considering Gretchen Whitmer lost her court cases. Her powers are being stripped and the AG said they will no longer enforce her unconstitutional edict. The right is winning. Plots like this only make things worse. And if it's true that other right wing groups are plotting things like this, and the FBI has said that right far right groups are actually a serious threat, it's extremely troubling when you consider that they're winning their, their lawsuits. In Pennsylvania, for instance, Trump has declared victory in Pennsylvania and Michigan over lawsuits that say the COVID lockdowns are unconstitutional. Now, I understand these people view the governor as committing an unlawful act, and the courts have agreed. But this is too much and too far. Now, for the other group of individuals, the other seven, they were planning on going after cops. I mean, that may as well be Antifa as far as I'm concerned. We do not want civil unrest and conflict. We want normalcy and peace. But it is true, unfortunately, that these Democrat governors are absolutely abusing their power. And it is true that there are cops who are also just falling in line and following orders. And it's a serious problem. But the problem is resolved in the courts. And that's the good news that the courts are ruling in favor of actual constitutionalists and the right. And the Democrats are actually losing. Now, my bigger fear is what happens in November following the election. If we see Michigan and Pennsylvania jammed up because of these changes in the rules, there may be other groups like this. But let me just tell you, set the record straight. I do not fear far right groups and right wing militias at all. You know why? Because the Fed stopped them. That's why it's relieving. I'm not worried about this. They have informants. There are people who know these these individuals who are who are telling the feds, look what these groups are trying to do. There are right wing individuals calling them out and shutting it down. Where are the Antifa informants? 133 days of rioting and low tier terrorism. I say low tier because they're not showing up armed and kidnapping people. They're burning down buildings. And it is a here's the way I describe it. Right wing extremism. I guess you can call it right wing. I don't know how, how else you describe it is a sharp blade. When it strikes, it's piercing, it's terrifying, it's shocking, but it's easily sought out. It's easily discovered and shut down. And that's why this story is in front of us right now. The far left is more like a blunt object, a repeated smack over the head, enough so that there's too many people. The feds can't stop them all. And they attack homes and burn down buildings. And I'll tell you what scares me more. We have a federal law enforcement apparatus shutting down groups that are trying to kidnap governors or other extreme activities, which which I'll, I'll remind you is detrimental to the actual conservative cause to the right, to Republicans, because Trump is winning in these cases. It makes them look bad. But the feds shut them down. That makes me feel safe. Good. But the left gets away with it. The Democrat governors and mayors allow it to persist. 
And it's partly why you probably see right wing individuals call for trials where they, you know, storm a Capitol building, take the governor and then have a, 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 a treason trial. My fear is what happens after November 3rd? And I got to tell you, I'm not worried about the right wing groups. I'm worried about the left wing groups that seem to operate with impunity. Let me show you what's going on with these stories and break down what happened. But we also have more news. The Democrats are talking about removing Donald Trump under the 25th Amendment in some kind of unhinged last ditch effort to stall. I have no idea. It makes no sense. But I'm going to show you exactly why I believe the far left is a more serious threat. And it's and it has to do with the fact that the feds deal with the actual serious threats. Antifa's getting away with it and they're attacking people's homes and they're escalating their tactics. Meanwhile, these dudes who go on Facebook and talk about these extremely unlikely and unhinged plans just get rounded up and arrested very easily. Let's read the story. But before we get started, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. But the best thing you can do is share this video. Perhaps many people don't know this happened, or perhaps you think that I give a reasonable take explaining the difference between left and right wing extremism in terms of why I think one is more dangerous than the other, considering that they're both particularly dangerous. But if you think I do a good job and, and my rationale is sound, please consider sharing this video to support my work. And don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read the story from the Associated Press. 13 charged in plots against Michigan government. They say, there's an update. I'll start with the breaking news first. Six men were charged with plotting to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer at her vacation home in reaction to what they viewed as her uncontrolled power, according to a criminal complaint unsealed Thursday in federal court. The men plotted for months, consulting and training with militia members and undertaking rehearsals in August and September. According to the complaint, four of the six men planned to meet Wednesday to, quote, make a payment on explosives and exchange tactical gear, the FBI said in the court filing. The FBI quoted one of the accused as saying Whitmer has no checks and balances at all. She has uncontrolled power right now. All good things must come to an end. Creepy statements. But they weren't wrong in that regard. She does have uncontrolled power, but they were wrong in that there are checks and balances. When she started enforcing and, and declaring these unconstitutional edict lawsuits were filed, she lost it's the same thing I say about resisting arrest. The, in order for society to function, police need to be able to arrest people. And sometimes they get it wrong and sometimes the cops are bad. But you don't win the fight by fighting with a cop. You don't win the fight by storming the governor's vacation home or whatever. You win in the courts. And they did. They won. And she was like, I don't care what the court says. And the AG says, well, too bad. We will no longer enforce your decree. They won. This plot was insane. The government used informants and undercover agents to thwart the alleged plot. The six men were arrested Wednesday night and each faced up to life in prison. U.S. Attorney Andrew Burge called them violent extremists. Quote, all of us in Michigan can disagree about politics, but those disagreements should never, ever amount to violence. Violence has been prevented today. Detroit U.S. Attorney Matthew Schneider told reporters, and it's about consistency. Good on the FBI for guess what? playing it fair. They're going after Antifa in Portland and Seattle. They deputize the police in Portland. And guess what? The extremists there are screeching and panicking. But this is the perfect example of why I think 
The feds are doing a good job. And I'm not a big fan of the federal government, mind you, but I think lawlessness needs to be prevented. And I think we do need criminal justice reform. But take a look at this. The government used informants and undercover agents to thwart the alleged plot. Okay. Where are the under undercover agents in Antifa? Where are the undercover agents and informants on the far left? Why can't they get that done? This is why I'm not worried about the far right, because the the FBI easily shuts them down. You see, many of these right wing groups that whether whether they're actually far right or whatever that really means, they don't know how to organize as effectively and they don't know how to hide like the left does. Now, we have seen what is described as right wing extremism in these mass tragic events with, you know, shootings or whatever. And these people are dangerous and we have to do what we can to stop them. And that's what the FBI does with informants trying to find out who these people are to prevent this from happening. And when they do thwart it, I'm eternally grateful because think about it. We've seen some really dramatic and terrifying moments where these lone, I guess you call them right wing extremists. It's hard to describe because, you know, what right wing really means is, is dependent upon who you're talking to. Left wing seems to have a universal understanding, even among people who are self-described as leftists. But among these extremists, when these mass tragic events happen, everybody wished wishes it was prevented. In this instance, it seems they may have prevented something. That's good. I'm not worried. The propensity for things like this to happen, or I should say the likelihood, is rare. Meanwhile, around day 133 of far left riots, where they're actually attacking people's homes. How do we stop this if the FBI can't shut them down? They can shut this down. I feel safe. If, you know, if a bunch of proud boys march on my property, I'm not worried about them. I've said this before because they're not going to do anything. They're not going to smash my windows. They're not going to get into fights. They're going to walk around, wave flags and leave. Antifa, on the other hand, have already started attacking people's homes. They've actually threatened people's lives and in Portland actually killed a guy. Think about that. Why didn't the FBI stop Michael Reinel? This extremist who was armed in the past walked, stalked a Trump supporter and put two bullets in his chest. Why couldn't they stop that guy? Meanwhile, these guys get stopped. You see why I'm not super concerned about this? Let me put it this way. I am worried that some of these extremists may actually get these plans off. I'm worried that some of these people are plotting even today, but I'm actually kind of confident the FBI can go after him and shut him down as they did. Now, there's an update here. It's not just these six men. They say in an update, Michigan's attorney general has charged seven people with plotting to target law enforcement and attack the state Capitol building. The announcement comes after six others were charged with plotting to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer uh, for what they viewed as uncontrolled power. These other guys are accused of targeting law enforcement. I'm sorry, man. I don't care what your political political alignment is. If you're trying to go after cops and, and kill or, or, or hurt them in any way, you may as well be Antifa. My criticism is the same. I am for police reform. I am for law enforcement reform and criminal justice reform across the board. But I think you don't just throw the whole system out. We do not live in a fascist totalitarian dictatorship, as exemplified by the fact that people of left and right can be arrested and charged with this. But I do think we have a problem if it's very easily the right that gets targeted in the media, targeted by FBI, and the far left keeps doing this over and over and over again. Now, I want to give a shout out to Michael Tracy, who made an interesting point. He said, looks like very elaborate long-term use of numerous FBI informants in that alleged Michigan militia plot. FBI polls entrapment schemes constantly with a wide range of targets from mentally unstable radical Muslim teenagers 
to purported right-wing militia groups. You may want to familiarize yourself with these tactics. This is actually a good point when we consider they used informants to stop this group. Where are the Antifa informants? Serious question. We had that one guy in uh, uh, Tacoma, I believe, firebomb an ICE facility. Why didn't they stop it before it happened? Where are the Antifa informants? Is Antifa really just better organized? Are these right wing groups just bad at what they do? Or could it be that the FBI uses entrapment schemes, meaning they seed these these calls to these individuals? They tell them, hey, wouldn't you want to do this? Hey, how about this? And when the guys say yes, they arrest them on the spot and then they parade them around in media. Ha ha. We we stopped the far right. I don't know who these guys are. All I know is what's being reported. They're innocent until proven guilty. But if I can easily see a story, and there's been other stories where far right groups get, get, you know, get stopped, disarmed or arrested. Why should I be panicking about this? Why is it that these leftists in media won't talk about Antifa? Donald Trump must condemn white supremacy. Joe Biden doesn't have to condemn Antifa. He can deny their existence. That is what scares me. That they're going to people's homes, they're attacking them in their home, that Black Lives Matter and Antifa are getting violent, and nothing is done about this. I almost didn't want to do this segment because I was like, we get it, man. If a right wing group steps out of line in any capacity, be it extremists or whatever, the regular conservatives will get banned. The extremists on the right who are plotting to kidnap a governor will get snatched up immediately. Black Lives Matter, Antifa? Nope, they'll get cut loose over and over and over again. Now, I want to be fair and say there's real reason to believe that Gretchen Whitmer was abusing her power. I believe she was. The court ruled as such. Michigan Supreme Court rules against governor's emergency powers. After high court decision, Michigan AG will not enforce COVID orders. You see, Gretchen Whitmer was even trying to defy the courts after they said her orders were unconstitutional. She said, yeah, well, I have 21 days before it goes into effect, which is technically not true. My understanding is that she has 21 days to challenge the ruling. If she was just like, I'm not going to challenge it, but I'm, I'm going to keep doing this for 21 days. That's an abuse of power, in my opinion. And that's scary. The fact that we are experiencing this level of lawlessness and tyrannical behavior from these Democrat governors, in my opinion, is very terrifying. So I'm not surprised that you see stories of right wing groups saying something has to be done about it. But I'll tell you this. It's wrong. It was wrong. It was a mistake. And I'm telling you, you got to be calm and deescalate. Trump declares court ruling on Whitmer's emergency powers a big win. Trump was winning. Now, let me let, let me just add, I think the the more hardcore libertarian types, they don't like Trump either. So, OK, fine. Maybe it's not a perfect argument, but there's a lot of right wing groups that view Whitmer as a tyrant. But Trump is is dancing, de- declaring a victory. Her, her, her unconstitutional edicts were struck down and the AG abandoned her. Trump declares victory also in Pennsylvania. Trump seizes on judges ruling that Pennsylvania lockdown is unconstitutional. If you just chill, you might actually win the hearts and minds of the people. We are dealing with fourth generational warfare, clever tactics from Antifa. They know not to escalate to the point where these men did because they know it will shock the nations uh, to their they'll, it'll shock Americans. It'll scare them. It'll be used as propaganda by the left to claim the far right is the real threat. No, the, the, these people were bumbling buffoons who got caught. And that's what happened. And sometimes these people don't. And it's a problem. But the FBI easily shuts them down. Antifa knows if they keep their terrorism to a low tier, they'll get away with it. And what that means is throw a rock through a window. 
No one's going to launch a national news story and there's not going to be a major news cycle because of it. This story on the 13 people. Oh, it's 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 fire. It's popping off on Twitter because it's scary. But Antifa, 133 days of rioting. Wow. Not scary enough, I guess, because they draw it out. They'll threaten you. They'll burn down your business. They will tell you they're coming for you. But it's not scary enough. A blunt object is not as scary as a gun. So when the extremist groups on the right say, or, you know, or whatever you want to call it, say they're going to strike, that's scary because they will strike like a precision scalpel, whereas Antifa will strike like a blunt object. We just had National Guard units put on standby ahead of possible civil unrest this fall in two states, in Minneapolis uh, and Minnesota, and because of Wauwatosa, because of Minneapolis, and because of Wauwatosa, Michigan, I'm sorry, Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, the National Guard was actually deployed. And now they are putting National Guard on standby because of the far left. Let me just reiterate one more time. I'll read the story. Don't you get it? The, these, these, the, the right wing extremists, the far right, they get shut down like that. Not always, but enough. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about right wing people coming to my homes, my, my, to my house. I'm worried about Antifa. Check it out. The National Guard has put military police units on standby in two states to respond to any potential civil unrest following violent protests across the country this summer. Pentagon officials confirm two units Total 600 troops equally split between Alabama and Arizona. A National Guard Bureau spokesman said the units will be ready to deploy within 24 hours if requested by a governor in another state. The forces in Alabama would respond in the eastern half of the country, and those in Arizona would respond in the west. Additionally, the Guard has has bought more than $200,000 in new protective equipment and increased troop training on proper procedures in dealing with protests. They're not talking about Trump supporters. These people in the AP story, not Trump supporters. Trump supporters aren't going out and threatening law enforcement. Trump supporters aren't going out planning to kidnap governors. These are militia groups. And sometimes you may find they overlap with the right, just like sometimes you may find that Antifa overlaps with the general left. I don't think it's fair to say that the Biden supporters are in league with Antifa. But they overlap in many instances, and Joe Biden does bend the knee. And what I often say is the threat from Joe Biden is the pandering, and that the far left says it's easier to overthrow Biden, a doddering old fool, than it is to overthrow Trump. To me, that's worrisome. These groups that would try and kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, their concern is over the Constitution. And apparently, according to the story, it has little to do with Trump. It has more to do with people violent in the Constitution. And as we've already seen, many of the libertarian groups that have gone out and joined Black Lives Matter, Boogaloo Boys or otherwise, tell them straight up they're on their side. So what you need to understand about the Trump voters, they're not staunch libertarians. They're Trump supporters. Conservatives, as I was told by some libertarians, are just statists, just like the the Democrats The Democrats and the Republicans do have a lot in common relative to these other groups. I just think the Democrats are more likely to pander to the far left. And to me, that's particularly worrisome. Now they're deploying the National Guard because unrest is going to erupt and it's going to be coming from the left. I don't understand why they can't just go and arrest these organizers like they do these other groups. Maybe it's because the far left is better organized. So let me tell you this. As Spike Lee recently came out, famous director, and said, we're on the verge of a civil war. I know, cue the Tim Pool memes. 
I hear people say that the right will win in a heartbeat. I don't think so. I really don't. They may be better with weapons. They may be better trained, but they're not better at organizing and they're not better with communications. The left is. The left has had decades of plotting against the government. So they know what to say and what not to say. Code words, specific language to avoid getting caught like this. My bigger concern is that Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are on the side of the far left. And if conflict breaks out, a constitutionalist doesn't like tyranny, I'm not super worried about. They'll probably leave me alone. Morality police who are in league with big tech, who can shut down communications, who have already gone to people's homes and threatened them. That to me is scary. That to me is very scary. Well, Nancy Pelosi is once again entertaining an exercise in abuse of power, questioning Trump's health. They say they'll be talking about the 25th Amendment. Another reason why I'm more concerned with Democrats than Republicans. Mike Pence was sitting in that chair in the debate, and he's cold, collected, kind of boring. And I mean that with all due respect. It's kind of a good thing. Meanwhile, the Democrats are doing everything in their power to disrupt Donald Trump and the Republicans. So let me explain to you. This video should be the perfect example of why I'm more concerned with the left. Donald Trump is, you know, he talked about uh, locking up Hillary Clinton. Okay, I'll tell you what. When it comes to Trump, when it comes to Hillary, when it comes to Republicans or Democrats, if they commit a crime, lock them up. I don't care. If you have clear evidence, put them on trial. And if they're convicted, to prison with ye. But for the past four years, the Democrats refused to accept a, uh, the, the, the election results and refused to engage in a peaceful transfer of power, targeting Trump with scandals and hoaxes and smears. They've disrupted his presidency to the best of their abilities. It now looks like they're cheating. So what do I see? I see Donald Trump not getting a fair shake in the media, and I see the FBI easily, easily investigating the claims of the left and targeting right wing groups. Bubba Wallace, that guy claimed to have found a noose in his parking garage or, you know, his NASCAR garage. FBI shows up, shuts it down. Oops, wasn't really a noose. I guess it's good it got debunked. But think about how quickly the FBI runs out at the whims of the left versus what? Antifa's been going on for 133 days. And what do we get? Also, take a look at what the FBI did to Trump. I guess you had rogue FBI agents targeting Trump with lies and smears and framing his subordinates and his and, and the people he has working for them. That's what I'm I'm afraid of. I'm not worried about some right wing group with their dumb plots because they get caught. It's easily. The system knows when the right goes too far. The system does not know when the left goes too far. And they essentially operate with impunity to the point where Nancy Pelosi, this is unhinged, by the way, is talking about Trump's health and saying, we're going to be talking about the 25th Amendment. As if that's actually going to work. The 25th Amendment would require in there in this context, the vice president to challenge the mental capabilities of the president and then get support from another large political body. And then there would be a back and forth as to whether or not Trump is actually fit. And if he's not, the vice president becomes acting president and gains presidential powers until the next election. I guess that's how it works. Mike Pence is not going to side against Trump. That's ridiculous. It's an unhinged plot. But here's what I see. I see Democrats acting with impunity. I see a media apparatus that screams far right all day, every day, even though they get arrested like that. I, I see these New York Times journalists saying, I'm so terrified about the, what the far right is going to do after November 3rd. Why? They're getting arrested. I'm sure there are some groups that are better at this than the far left. But listen, man, the far right, the right wing groups that know how to use weapons, 
They just work for, for, for private security firms and contractors. It's more lucrative. And then they can go live wherever they want and do whatever they want. I am not worried about these groups. It seems like they easily get shut down. Heck, Trump supporters can barely have a rally without getting attacked and punched in the face. The, 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 the Democrats abuse their power. Gretchen Whitmer abused her power. Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania abused his power and the courts shut them down. That's a relief to me. But for 133 days, Antifa acts with impunity to the point now where the National Guard was deployed in two states yesterday and put on standby in two other states. That is the real problem. So long as the FBI does their job and shut down, shuts down right wing groups, fine, whatever. But I don't see them doing it to the far left. These left wing Antifa groups that have been organizing forever are not getting shut down. They're just acting with impunity. And don't ask me why. But I'll tell you what, that's the bigger threat. They're out on the streets as we speak, preparing for more violence this weekend. Can we please shut them down? So I don't know what to tell you, man. This is just how I see it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I hope that we don't actually see an escalation in conflict. But I'll tell you what, I think it's funny that the principal argument against my talk of civil war comes from the left. I wonder why that is when you see stories like this. Maybe it's because the left knows what they want and they don't want someone like me calling them out. But I didn't make it up. Go ask Spike Lee. Go ask CNN. Go ask The Atlantic. Go ask The Guardian. They've, they're the ones who brought it up. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at youtube.com slash timcastnews at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Last night, Mike Pence nuked Kamala Harris from orbit in that debate. And it has more to do with just the answers. Of course, you're hearing a lot of people say Kamala won the debate. Why? Because she had zingers and she had responses. None of that matters. And in reality, I don't think that's true. But first and foremost, to be fair, everybody's saying my side won. I think I have some legitimate reasons to claim that Mike Pence actually won the debate. And it's outside of policy. But I want to point out something very quickly about Hillary Clinton and Kamala Harris. And it's a question I have about their demeanor. I don't understand who is telling these women who are some of the, 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 you know, they're, they're pioneers in politics, some of the first to be on these stages, the first to be in these debates, not the first entirely. I mean, you had Sarah Palin, you had, you had, you had some others, but they're telling them to laugh and smile at everything being said. And it's weird. Okay. It's weird. I just got to get that off my chest first and foremost. We also got some breaking news. I'll come back to this in a second. They've announced the second presidential debate with Donald Trump and Joe Biden will be virtual. And Trump has said, nah, we're not going to do that. I think that if Joe Biden can't be in the same location as Trump with proper social distancing and protection and protective screens, whatever, he can't be president. He's going to have to go with foreign countries and get in. Look, listen, when you travel the world, you got to get you got to get vaccines. You got to get shots. Biden can't go and stand next to Trump. I'm sorry, man. Anyway, look, we got a lot to talk about, but I just got to point this out because I'm watching this video. You may have seen it where Kamala Harris is like, I- I'm speaking, I'm speaking. And she's like laughing every single like moment you see her face. She's just laughing. It's weird. I don't understand. I don't. Mike Pence was the straight laced politician that Donald Trump needed. Kamala Harris was the weird smiling woman. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. But when you see Hillary Clinton constantly just going <laughs> and laughing 
and Kamala Harris doing the same thing. Why are they choosing this? I want you to think about something. I've had many female bosses and they don't act that way. And I have tremendous respect for many of the women that I've worked with. They act like anyone else would act. What is it about Kamala Harris and Hillary Clinton where they said, we want the woman to be on stage laughing and smiling the whole time, whereas the men have a stern and serious look with a furled brow saying, listen, when I'm pre- when I'm vice president, when I'm president, you get Kamala Harris just smiling and nodding the whole time. I find that strange. I want to point out one thing, and then we'll talk about who they think won and why I think Pence won. Kamala Harris has this viral moment right now where she's like, I'm speaking, I'm speaking to, to Mike Pence. Mike Pence dominated that stage. That's partly why I think he won. That moment, and I could be wrong about this, okay, so you can go back and watch the, the, the reruns and, 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 and count, see if I'm correct. We were all sitting down watching the debate. My buddy Adam, he was timing how long Pence was speaking. As soon as the moderator would say to Pence, you may answer the question, he would press time. When Mike Pence said to Kamala Harris, will you pack the Supreme Court if you win? I want you to answer the question. He had 30 seconds left. Kamala Harris then says, oh, I'm glad we're talking about history in 18. And he goes, no, please answer the question. And she goes, I'm speaking. I'm speaking during Mike Pence's time. It'd be fair. Mike Pence stole the stage, whether you like it or hate it. Mike Pence stole the stage. He was interrupting the moderator endlessly. And that's a good thing for Mike Pence. Now, you might not like him. There's probably a lot of leftists who are angry. Why wouldn't the moderator stop him? She kept saying, thank you, Mr. Vice President. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. And Mike Pence would just keep going. You know why? Because Mike Pence owned that stage. This is what people need to understand about a presidential election. Why did Barack Obama get elected? Did he get elected because he was like, I'm going to end the wars. You elect me, ladies and gentlemen. We'll bring back our troops. Some people said that sounds good to me because that was a talking point. That's not the real reason they voted for him. You know what? You know, I know because as soon as he got elected, he didn't do it. Nobody cared. They elected him twice. What gets a president elected, not completely, but for the most part, is a commanding presence. I will be your leader. I will be in charge. And no one will F with America. Woo. They all clap and cheer. Barack Obama is a strong dude. A lot of people don't like him. I got my issues with him, but you cannot deny the fact that when Barack Obama gets up on stage, he controls it. That's one of the reasons he wins. It's not just about policy. Policy plays a big role because people are going to see what you're talking about and they're going to ask questions about, do I like what he's proposing or not? But Barack Obama can get on a stage and say, listen, America will not do this. We will not do that. We will do this. And it's strong. You look at Joe Biden, you're like, oh, you look at Kamala Harris and she's just like smiling and nodding. Excuse me. And it's, it's weird. Mike Pence, calm, cold, commanding. You can hate the fact that he did it, but he was not irrational. He had responses. He nailed all his cues. White supremacy. That's, that's selectively edited. We know the president did this. China, you have supported, you know, Joe Biden for 47 years, these free trade agreements. He nailed it. The economy. We have seen an increase of this many jobs before the pandemic, and hopefully we'll get through it. And every single time, I, 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 don't, I haven't seen the charts, but I'd be willing to bet if you looked at the amount of time spoken, you'll see that Mike Pence spoke twice as long as Kamala Harris. Again, all the Kamala people in the world can complain and say, how rude. We have one, uh, uh, I don't know if I actually, I think I have here. Let me, let me, let me, sh- let me show you, see, see if I can find it. ABC's George Stephanopoulos. A lot of people were noticing some mansplaining going on tonight. 
Talk about insane to say that word to the American people. I I just I, I hear this and in my mind, I can hear the collective what <laughs> from everyone. How insane is it that you literally ask a woman and a man to debate? And then when the man debates, you say you're mansplaining. Do you think regular people in this country have any idea what that is? These people have lost it. They do not represent regular America anymore. These journalists are so desperate to create this idea that Kamala Harris actually won. Well, Kamala Harris lied all night. I saw some people complaining when Mike Pence said that Donald Trump has condemned, you know, fringe far right groups and white supremacy and stuff like that. They were like, he's lying. The fact checks exist. Like, like factcheck.org shows it. Let me see if, if I think I have it. Here we go. Quote, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. Mike Pence was correct about that. So here's what we're, here's what we're seeing from thedailymail.com. Kamala Harris won the vice presidential debate with 59% compared to 38% for Mike Pence, according to CNN instant poll, while undecided focus group found her abrasive and condescending condescending. So you mean when they say that Mike Pence was mansplaining, people actually felt that it was Kamala who was condescending and she was lying and lying. And it's so annoying for me to watch. You know, it really annoys me and scares me. These other people, the Democrats who really have no idea what they're talking about, low information belligerents. They don't pay attention to the news. They don't know or care. They hear something passively and just assume it's true. The media is good. Therefore, if the media said it, it's happened. Mike Pence probably got some details wrong, but there was not anything I noticed particularly. Kamala Harris, however, kept lying, just word vomit endlessly. And I'll show you some examples. Take a look at this one. Elizabeth Harrington for the RNC posts this video. Kamala Harris, quote, there is no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. Well, then, is uh, uh, Joe Biden in favor of banning fracking from The Wall Street Journal? The Democrats' war on fossil fuels is on full display at the debate in Los Angeles last month, where Joe Biden, the supposed moderate, was asked if he would rein in America's shale oil and gas production, fracking, even if it meant thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands would lose their jobs. He unhesitatingly responded, yes, to cheers from the audience. Uh huh. And Joe Biden says he wouldn't ban fracking. And Kamala Harris says, that's not true. That's not true. It is. It is true. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have on their website that the Green New Deal is a good framework and they have their own proposed version. Now, I'll tell you what was one really epic moment. The moderator actually called out Kamala Harris saying, you say you won't support the Green New Deal, but it's on your website. Oops. Yeah. So what what, what makes them think that Kamala Harris won the debate? Because I'll tell you what, she did not. I know, I know. You say, Tim Pool, you've got the hard data right here. CNN's poll, CNN's poll. Sure, fine. I don't know if these polls are all correct or not, but I will warn all the Trump supporters. If you think all of these polls are wrong, you'll lose. You will. Now, now to be fair, if you act as though the polls are, are, are all wrong, you will lose. You better, you better climb the tallest mountain, leap the tallest building, I mean, like from ground, like Superman, okay? Not off. No, no, don't do that. I'm saying like cl- clear every hurdle for you to go and vote and vote in person. Because if you think you got this one in the bag as a secret voters are coming to save you, well, it may be true. And I've gone over the data the other day. You better get out there and vote. The polls show it. 
People say Kamala Harris won. Maybe it's because the media's lied so much they believe her lies and they felt Pence was lying. It could be that simple. Now, to be completely honest, I think the CNN poll is incorrect. Frank Luntz's focus group said that they found Kamala to be condescending and abrasive. And I want to I want to focus on one, uh, the important aspect of being a strong leader. What do people want in a president? Donald Trump partly won because he's a dick. I, he's he's kind of a nasty dude. Yep. What did Trump say? I'm a mean guy, but I work for you. So think about it. Right now, we have this breaking news. Trump refuses to participate in virtual debate on October 15th. I'm not going to waste my time. And we actually have a statement here. Trump campaign statement on unilateral decision of the commission saying, quote, President Trump won the first debate despite a terrible and biased moderator and Chris Wallace and everyone knows it for the swamp creatures at the uh, at the Presidential Debate Commission to now rush to Joe Biden's defense by unilaterally canceling an in-person debate is pathetic. That's not what debates are about or how they're done. Here are the facts. President Trump will have posted multiple negative tests prior to the debate, so there is no need for this unilateral declaration. The safety of all involved can easily be achieved without canceling a chance for voters to see both candidates go head to head. We'll pass on this sad excuse to bail out Joe Biden and do a rally instead. I believe it's the, the, the smart move. They're not going to do it. Now, some people have said, who needs the debate? Joe Biden doesn't. Uh, I think if that's the attitude the left has, they're going to lose too. The polls might be wrong. That's very important to point out. But let's talk about something beyond the polls. Trump wins because he commands and Mike Pence as well. A lot of people are going to look to how Mike Pence performed and he had an answer for everything. And he was willing to jump in. And there was a very, very important moment in that debate where I said, that's it. Pence won. Done. Pence won. Hands down. It was very early. It was when Kamala Harris was speaking. She said something. I think it was about fracking. And Mike Pence jumped in and said, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's not true. And she goes, excuse me. He's like, no. And then she gave up. Kamala Harris just started smiling. Weirdly said nothing. And Mike Pence just jumped at her. And then Pence took over her time and started talking. They're canceling debate. They're they're, they're canceling the in-person debate. And Trump is refusing to participate. Is Joe Biden going to keep you safe? No. Do you have something to fear about your safety? I mean, a little bit. There are riots. The riots uh, happened again last night. I'll cover that in the next segment coming up at 1 p.m. And there are foreign adversaries, a real fear of war with China. I mean, it's real. Thucydides Trap, they've written about it for, for uh, several years now, mainstream publications, that we may be enter, you know, getting really close to war with China. Is Joe Biden the man? Joe Biden can't even have an in-person debate with Trump. Imagine this. Trump comes in, he walks in through a door, and they have a big plexiglass screen, and Joe Biden walks in. They've never made any contact. They're nowhere near each other. And they can stand at the podiums or sit or whatever. There's no reason for this, even if Trump is positive for COVID. I understand the, the, the safety and security for sure. But I think we're looking at another week out. Trump will probably be cleared of COVID and probably be fine. And they shouldn't jump the gun on this. If Joe Biden isn't able to say, I will confront this head on, I think that shows weakness. Kamala Harris ceding her time to Mike Pence as he called her a liar, and she had no rebuttal. Weakness. Donald Trump beating COVID and saying, I want to debate. Strength. Donald Trump insulting people and yelling and being angry all the time. Strength. Donald Trump and Mike Pence on the economy. They're winning in the polls. People may approve of Donald Trump's job somewhat in the high 40s. 
uh, mid 40s, 45, I believe. People may unfavorably view Donald Trump. It's around 41% in aggregate. On the economy, they love it, though. And it's the economy, stupid. That's going to be, in my opinion, probably the biggest factor in all of this. So you know what? I guess we'll see how it plays out. But let me show you some more stuff and we'll, we'll, we'll go through this. I want to, I want to, I want to see exactly why Frank Luntz believes that, uh, or why his, 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 what his group said. Following a 90 minute debate, this is according to the Daily Mail, CNN ran a survey finding that almost six in 10 said Harris won, while 38% said Pence won. The percentage is roughly equal to predictions made by the same voters ahead of the Salt Lake City showdown. Harris is 55, you know, whatever, VP 61. Uh, they say 40, 40, 41% of, uh, approved of him. They say that Kamala Harris, uh, her favorability rose from 56% before the debate to 63 after the debate. The pair had around the same number of people saying they were qualified to be president. The CNN post-debate poll was conducted by SSRS by telephone. Over on Fox News, however, Republican pollster Frank Luntz was delivering quite a different verdict. Luntz, who has conducted televised focus groups for major news outlets since 1996, was asked by the LA Times to gather a group of undecided voters via Zoom, which he did. Luntz has mostly worked for Republican clients in the past, but he is but he is not working for any presidential candidate or political party in 2020. His group felt that Pence won, describing him as composed and calm. Boom, there it is. Mic drop moment, Frank Luntz. You know why Donald Trump won the debate? I say Donald Trump, not Pence. Donald Trump is in a break, is a, is in abrasive, bombastic, and kind of out there. But Trump's got that base. Those hardcore Trump supporters waving them Trump flags. But what about the rest of us? What about the regular Americans who are just worried about whether or not they're going to have a job after this COVID thing? They want the economy to be improved. Along comes a calm, reasonable, reasonable, rational, and cold. Mike Pence, we will fight for the economy. We will be there for the American people. And Donald Trump will not let you down. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, thank you. Thank you, Mike Pence. You see, people trust Trump on the economy more than they trust Biden. But Trump scares people. Uh, Trump supporters don't want to admit it. I'm telling you, man, I've been warning about this. Trump's behavior is, is a lot of people like it. But Pence is 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 brilliant. It was, you know, I long wondered about like, why did Trump choose Pence of all people? He's kind of vanilla yogurt. You know what I mean? That's exactly why Trump can reach out to these people who want that warrior who's abrasive and angry and says, ah, F you establishment. But the regular people are worried, saying, I think Trump can help the economy. But come on, Mike Pence says, don't worry about it, buddy, because I'm here, too. And I got your back and I'm going to be calm and collected and dominating. And that's what they got in Mike Pence. I think Mike Pence is going to make regular people feel safe voting Republican. That's what I was tweeting about. I, I watched this and I said, when he stole Kamala Harris's time, by all means, criticize him for it. Mansplaining. How rude. I think it's funny that uh, Mark Ruffalo tweeted this, something about like the fact that Pence was stealing Kamala's time shows like white male supremacy or whatever. And it's kind of like, bro, that's a really weird point to make where you're like, look at the white man's ability to take over the stage from a female moderator. And that's white supremacy. It sounds like you're a white supremacist. No, the real problem was that the moderator wouldn't tell Pence to shut up. But Pence won. I'll tell you this. I was getting annoyed uh, a little bit with Mike Pence. Just he would keep going. She would say, thank you. Thank you, Vice President. Thank you. Thank you. I need the I need the time. And he just he didn't care. But I was impressed. I was. Mike Pence doesn't care. 
He's in control. He's in charge, not you. The moderator couldn't handle it. Kamala Harris had only a few moments where they were like, please, please. Sorry, man. Mike Pence showed the American people that he can be calm. He can be rational, spot on, witty. He is he's the antithesis of Trump's behavior. And man, Pence is way better at this than Trump is. Have Pence do the debate with Biden because Pence would annihilate Biden. I mean, to be completely fair, I was all, I was sitting there watching this. I'm like, a lot of people are going to be voting Harris and Pence, not Trump or Biden. And I've got the receipts to back it up. Check out Predict It. Joe Biden and Trump both went down in the U.S. prediction markets and Harris and Pence both went up. I got to be honest, I think Pence won, but I think Harris and Pence are so much better at this than Biden and Trump were. That's just a reality. But, but let, let, let me make sure I get back to this uh, Frank Luntz point. He says, during the debate, he tweeted, I might get canceled for this, but my undecided focus group doesn't like how Kamala Harris interacts with her opponent. We saw this in the Dem debates. She is applauded for her knowledge, but they just don't like her condescending reactions. Asked for one word to sum up Harris, he explained on Fox. And his respondent said, evasive, nervous, shifting blame, caring, snarky, too rehearsed, nervous, abrasive, unsteady, rigid, and unpresidential. Pence was praised for his straightforward answers, even if I don't agree with him on policy. That's the reality. And at the New York Post, their three observers were split in their verdicts. Republican Staten Island political strategist Leticia Ramoro said Pence won. Pence won this debate. He delivered his message in a measured, even tone, which connected with viewers. Harris didn't connect as well with viewers because she came off angry and jumpy. She did. Eric Sofer, who worked on the Democratic presidential campaigns for John Edwards, said Harris won the COVID arguments easily. COVID and the devastating consequences are the only things that matter, he said. Now, that's fair. I agree. I wouldn't say uh, um, easily. I would say that she did command uh, on COVID. There were some tough points. Now, Mike Pence had some zingers. He said, they're, you know, the Biden-Harris plan on COVID looks just like ours. It's plagiarism. And Mike Pence had really, really good points. But it was a weak point she went after. And it did work out for Kamala. Look, man, I'm not going to play this tribalist game where I'm like, Pence owned everything. Kamala Harris had her moments. She absolutely did. And there's a reason why people, some people think she won. Now, I think the Democrats are going to say she won. The Republicans are going to say Pence won. And in my opinion, you guys know that uh, I'm biased. I'm going to be voting for Trump. I don't like Joe Biden. I think Kamala Harris hit some hit some nails on the head. There was one point where I was like, I saw Mike Pence. I can't remember what the question was, but I thought to myself, how does he answer that? Oh, I, I remember. It was about Trump getting sick. And it was about Pence being at the, the, the uh, outdoor event with Amy Coney Barrett. I'm like, you can't win that one. You, you lose this one. Now, Pence had a good response, and I was impressed because I, I don't look. If someone said to me, you went to a, mat, a, a huge outdoor event where a bunch of people got sick, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. That's all I could say. I don't know. But Mike Pence said it was an outdoor event. It's what's been recommended. And then he, you know, basically said taking risks for the American people and things like that. I thought it was good. But I think that was uh, the area where where Kamala Harris did did actually gain some advantages. In the end, though, the, the point I'm trying to make in all of this, you saw what the undecided voters from Frank Luntz were saying, that the way she was acting, the look on her face, that was it. When Mike Pence would furl his brow and say, no, listen, you know, shake his head a little bit. Kamala Harris was smiling the whole time. It is weird. Stop. 
Wipe the smile off your face. These are serious matters. Hillary Clinton was insulted by people as a cackling fiend. That's what they were calling her. The cackling fiend. Now you've got insults about Kamala Harris because she laughs inappropriately. It's the weirdest thing. Remember when she was talking to Colbert and he was like, you landed these, 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 these hits on, on Joe Biden in the debate. And she goes, it was a debate. <laughs> it was a debate. <laughs> I'm like, what are you laughing about? Shut up. Stop. I, I, I want an answer to this. She wouldn't give an answer. She just laughs. It's infuriating. And then I had people say, are you really criticizing a woman for laughing? I'm, I'm criticizing someone for laughing when we're talking about people dying, for laughing when we're talking about serious matters like the, the, the loss of people's businesses. I'm laughing when we're talking about racism from Joe, when you're laughing while we're trying to talk about serious racism from Joe Biden. She's laughing at it. It's infuriating. Stop it. I don't, I don't, I don't understand who in their right mind told her and Hillary to laugh when we're talking about people's lives. But I'll leave it there. I guess we'll uh, we'll see how this story develops. Trump saying he's not going to go to the next debate because it's going to be virtual. And that's significant. Trump's going to hold a rally instead. Rallies probably work better for Trump. Uninterrupted. He can say whatever he wants. Why bother debating? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. Riots erupted across the country last night. In Minneapolis, the officer seen kneeling on the neck of George Floyd, Derek Chauvin, was released on $1 million bond. He's still facing trial. He's not been found innocent. He just paid his bond. Yet that was enough to trigger widespread rioting. In Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, a black officer who shot and killed a black teenager will not be receiving charges. And so Black Lives Matter began riding. But this is the main and major escalation. From the Daily Mail, BLM riders smash the windows of homes in Milwaukee suburb after a black officer was cleared in the shooting death of an armed black teen. Here we go. The next level. I warned you. I mean, I don't know what else to say. They will eventually start coming to your homes. And this prediction wasn't a wild lottery ticket prediction. This was just me saying, hey, look, they're showing up to people's houses in Wisconsin. It's only a matter of time before they start smashing windows. And what did I say happens next? Please pay attention. When someone smashes a window and someone else runs up one after another, they will increment. They will increase their tactics. Smashed windows becomes home invasions. Home invasions become violent assaults, become murders, become arson, become conflict and war. We already saw in uh, Milwaukee, I believe it was in Milwaukee, these uh, activists were looking for or an angry mob was looking for some lost girls who weren't actually lost. And they set fire to a home because they were convinced the girls must be there. They weren't. But they torched this house twice. They then showed up to a man's house who they called a racist. And they were harassing him for hours. So this man, feeling threatened, I'd assume, brandished a weapon. The police arrested him. Do you understand where this goes next? When they show up to homes in Milwaukee suburb, smashing the windows, the police aren't going to come and protect you if you defend yourself. They're going to come and arrest you. Don't take it seriously. Fine. McCloskey's just got another indictment for uh, evidence tampering. They haven't released any evidence to suggest that, that the McCloskey's did. And this stems from the fact that the McCloskey's claim 
the gun brandished by Patricia, the woman, the handgun, was inoperable because it had, in, they had inverted the firing pin on purpose for display purposes in a, in a court. Well, now the state is saying, nope, they tampered with evidence. Maybe, but innocent until proven guilty. All that matters is when they come to your home and you specifically, maybe not. But I, I, I said this before. When they come to your home, and they will, you will have no capability to defend yourself simply because, or I, what I mean to say is legal ability. The state will come for you if you do anything. Now, what I mean by saying that is not you like every single person. Clearly, they can't go to every single house. They're not Santa Claus, but uh, they are choosing random homes to attack. So it may be you for some unknown reason. And when you being armed, maybe because you're in Wisconsin, defend yourself, you'll be facing felony charges. Welcome to morality policing. The Daily Mail reports rioters were caught on video attacking homes, smashing windows in residential Wauwatosa on Wednesday. The violence followed a district, district attorney's decision on Wednesday that police officer Joseph Mensa was justified when he shot Alvin Cole on February 2nd after the 17-year-old fired a stolen handgun outside Mayfair Mall in Wauwatosa. After nightfall on Wednesday, demonstrators smashed out storefront windows in Wauwatosa before marching down a residential street and hurling large rocks through the windows of homes, according to police. The mayhem was caught on camera by Julio Rosas, a reporter for the conservative publication Town Hall, who said that some of the people in the crowd attempted to stop others from attacking the homes. Police confirmed using tear gas to, distur- to disperse some of the protesters. Cole was the third person Mensa has fatally shot since becoming an officer. And his death has sparked periodic protests in Wauwatosa and the Milwaukee area. Governor Tony Evers announced earlier Wednesday that he had activated National Guard members as a precaution, though he didn't say how many or how they were being used. Guard spokesman Major Joe Travato later said hundreds of troops were at the ready. We can see that there are many photos of people standing outside and some vandalism. The city of Wauwatosa issued a nightly 7 p.m. curfew. After Chisholm's decision was announced to run until next Monday, many people ignored the curfew marching peacefully in the city. Wauwatosa police declared an unlawful assembly shortly before 9 p.m. and established a protective perimeter around Wauwatosa City Hall with the aid of the National Guard. Late Wednesday evening and well past the curfew, a group of a few hundred protesters confronted police. I guess we're calling them unresters because uh, the AP said you can't call them protesters because they do get kind of violent sometimes, but they're not rioting all the time. So unrest. Sure. This is rioting. Police said some of the group were throwing rocks at law enforcement and buildings and that they used tear gas to disperse the protesters. Footage posted on social media showed the gas and the crowds retreating. WISN TV reported windows broken at several businesses on the city's north side, including a pharmacy, coffee shop, wall covering store, cleaners, and fitness center. Scores of people surrounded the Milwaukee County Public Safety Building as Cole's attorney and family members met with Chisholm, some chanting, say his name, Alvin Cole, and justice. Uh, and and what do we, when do we want it? Now. All right. Well, to the uh, people of Wauwatosa, my respect, because they came out in the morning and started cleaning things up. I'm sorry to see this happen to your uh, sleepy town. And it's, it's, it's kind of a bummer to hear that many of these people who are being attacked, these homes, they support Black Lives Matter. I'm going to ask you all once again to please stop licking the boot. That includes police officers. All right. 
Let's talk about a bootlicker. I know what they say. The left tries to say a bootlicker is it's when the cops come and oppress you and violate your rights and you apologize for them. We've seen that from the right. When the cops come and enforce unconstitutional edict from governors, which the courts are ruling unconstitutional, when the cops are arresting small business owners, and then they have the nerve to be like, well, the police are just doing what they're told. Nah, don't lick the boot. Okay. If the cops want to want to enforce unconstitutional edict, they have a choice. Just following orders, I'm sorry, isn't an excuse. Someone running a small business getting arrested? Get out of here. But let's talk about Black Lives Matter, because I think this is the bigger problem. Because how many stories have we heard where these people will smash up a business and the business goes, but, but we still support them. Stop licking the feet of these psychopaths. Stop. You know what? I'll tell you what. When Black Lives Matter comes and smashes your home and your immediate response is that we support the movement. Okay, great. Then I'll, then we'll see them uh, come back, right? Do you want me to defend you and they destroy your home? I'm not going to do it because you support them, right? And if they're smashing up homes, let me tell you something. Let me, let me make this perfectly clear for everybody. If Black Lives Matter comes to your home and smashes your window, but you are supporting them and flying their flag, well, why should I be upset? You're happy with it, right? It's what you wanted. Why are any of these people upset? Now, and now I say my respect to the people of Wauwatosa who are cleaning up from the businesses that are destroyed, coming together and trying to, you know, clean up the damage. If you come out and say you support Black Lives Matter right now, when they come to your home and ransack it and destroy it, we're starting to see the escalation. I'm not going to say anything to your, your defense because you clearly like what they're doing, right? So what do you want me to say? It's not going to happen. But apparently the National Guard was activated in Minneapolis as well. So we had two different instances. It's not stopping, man. We're on day, what, 131 or something? I lost count, man. I got to check periodically to make sure. How long have the riots been going on? Quite some time. Well, up in Wauwatosa, they came for people's homes. In Minneapolis, they're protesting, rioting, because a dude was out on bail, on bond? Yep. From CBS Minnesota. Hundreds of mostly, uh, I'm, I, round of applause, everybody stand up, we're going to do it, we're going to clap. Mostly peaceful protesters, I love it, oh, it's beautiful. I tweeted something, imagine this, seven, only, only seven out of every 100 people that Bill Smith met were brutally beaten by him. He's mostly peaceful, how dare you criticize Bill Smith? There's no bells. I'm, I'm just making a name up. I'm sure there's a Bill Smith watching saying, hey, man, I didn't hit anybody. I'm, it's a joke. The point is, dude, if, if you meet 100 people and you brutally beat seven of them, you should go to prison. OK, because that's a lot of people, mostly peaceful protesters. Well, they only had to call the National Guard because mostly peaceful protests. Uh huh. They say uh, hundreds of mostly peaceful protesters. I, I just I can't. Oh, man took to the streets of Minneapolis Wednesday night following the release of former police officer Derek Chauvin, who is charged with the death of George Floyd. The protests began at about 630 at the site of Floyd's death on East 38th Street and Chicago Avenue in Minneapolis. Some, in dem- some demonstrators moved to the Minneapolis Police Department's 5th Precinct building off 31st Street and Nicollet Avenue, where only about 100 protesters remained by late Wednesday night. As protesters began to grow more aggressive, oh, aggressive, mostly peaceful, but aggressive. Okay. Okay. Bravo. That's a new one. Michigan State Patrol troopers began to order them to leave the area at about 10 30 p.m. Law enforcement then arrested several people. 
Governor Tim Waltz and Mayor Jacob Frey activated a number of Minnesota National Guard troops late Wednesday afternoon, with Waltz saying the move was made out of an abundance of caution for the safety of Minnesotans. Oh, please, they don't care. In all, 100 soldiers were mobilized to support public safety services. Additionally, another 100 Minnesota State Patrol troopers were also mobilized, along with 75 conservation officers with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. Chauvin, man facing the most serious charge of the death of George Floyd, was released from Hennepin County Jail Wednesday morning after posting $1 million conditional bond. Before that, he was being held at the Oak Park Heights Correctional Facility. This comes more than four months after Chauvin was seen on video with his knee on, the ne- on Floyd's neck for nearly eight minutes. Floyd's death sparked unrest in Minnesota, in the United States, and all around the world. What? Why were people protesting in other countries? That's what I don't get. Why are people in New York protesting NYPD who had nothing to do with the death of George Floyd? I also don't get. It's because they're not really protesting for Black Lives Matter. They're protesting, I guess, for, I don't know, change the system or angry. Viva la revolution. Revolution, nothing less. That's what they've been saying. They don't actually care about this stuff. And this is the, the best example of this is that in Wauwatosa, it was a black cop that shot a black, uh, a black person. So what are they protesting? The police. So stop. It's not it's not about the phrase Black Lives Matter. Okay, I think we can agree. You don't need a qualification for that. Like, of course they do. But this is something about police. They should call their movement police don't matter or like we hate police or straight up a cab. All cops are bad. He's a different word instead of bad. But that should be the gist of what they say. As all of these as all of these rights sweep across the country, I can only say um, if you're a Trump supporter, you should be thanking these people. You should be sending them gift baskets. What's that thing? Edible arrangements where they like take all the fruit and then cut it into shapes and then deliver it. And then you have like a day to eat it before it spoils. You should send them one of those things, right? Because they're helping Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you from civics. Do you support or oppose the Black Lives Matter movement? This is independent voters. And we can see that after the George Floyd incident, Independent voters, 27% net support for Black Lives Matter. And then uh, the riots happened, and now it's at 7%, a 20% decrease from its, from its peak. Not only that, but before George Floyd, independent voters had a net 15 support for Black Lives Matter. It's now more than cut in half. I'm sure Donald Trump will be sending a thank you card to Antifa and Black Lives Matter as soon as he is reelected. This is what you get when you attack regular people. And what about these people in their homes who had their windows smashed out? Do you think they're going to be like, well, I'm going to support Joe Biden, whose campaign was bailing these people out, and Kamala Harris, who is uh, soliciting donations to bail them out, literally helping them bail them out? Are they going to support those people? I bet some still will, but uh, a lot probably won't. I want to end by showing you another bit of escalation. Andy No posted the video. BLM rioters in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, were smashing up uh, homes last night. Andy No consistently has covered the violence and the escalation. And then we see this. Andy No tweeted, is this, a de- is, is this a death threat to a man named Sean Zevrin? Andy says this was deleted, but it was part of a long tirade in response to me stating that George Floyd's blood was found to have a, a fatal level of fentanyl. That's a fact. Um, I don't know. Well, fatal. I'm not entirely sure, but he, they found a high level of fentanyl in George Floyd's system. Now, the defense for the officers 
showed a video in which you can see what looks like some kind of white tablet or pill or something on George Floyd's tongue. And they believe that when the police came to to search George Floyd, he took fentanyl. This man, Sean Zevron, said, Every day that I, as a mixed-race black activist and veteran of the U.S. Armed Forces, am made to tolerate the abuse of black Americans on this platform, is one day closer to both Twitter and Mr. Andino effing around and finding out, all because Jack Dorsey refused to act. And I think he linked the wrong Jack Dorsey. But he has this huge tirade. I mean, this dude, with 266,000 followers, has been posting endlessly about Andy No, for those who don't, uh, uh, that's not, not that one. Am I understanding correctly that Twitter is opting to be complicit as Mr. Andy No continues to engage in the character assassination of George Floyd, using the same kind of racialist slander often employed as a form of psychological abuse by the cops who uh, who can't stop killing us? Andy No tweeted, "George Floyd's blood showed a fatal level level of fentanyl, according to the Hennepin County Medical Examiner." Sounds like he's posting a fact. This guy went on an unhinged tirade saying, you mother effers underestimate how tired I am, I, I am of this. Andy knows going to F around and find out if I genuinely found it necessary or thought it was an effective tactic to threaten anyone on this app. I would simply do that. He did threaten telling telling people that eventually Twitter and Andy know are going to F around and then find out. We know what that means. And he goes on. He actually wanted to say this. Look at this. When Andy knows said, is, is this a death threat? He said, you're welcome to call it whatever you wish, Mr. Andino, but here is the way I see it. You toy with the social fabric of this nation held together, but with a single thread. The spark you aim to cause will result in violence that kills both black, black Americans and white Americans. This guy, Sean Zevron, is a psychopathic zealot, and we have seen this paranoid delusional fervor before. The reason I call him this uh, uh, directly by name is because he has made a death threat to Andino. F around and find out. But what has Andy known done? Report it. You don't like the facts. If you have a problem with what's being reported about George Floyd's fentanyl blood level, take it up with the Hennepin County. Uh, what, 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 did, what did Andy know? Uh, who, who was it from? Medical examiner. It was the medical examiner. Take it up with him. He doesn't. He sends the death threat to Andy No. And what does that mean? It means he doesn't care about the facts. He doesn't care about what's right. He's just a paranoid, delusional narcissist who wants to hurt people he doesn't like. That's it. If you come to me and give me information and I'm wrong, well, then I have no choice but to accept it. And it's happened. I was talking to a friend about Kyle Rittenhouse, and I had tweeted and said that I believed he was legally allowed to carry the weapon because of a hunting provision and that I didn't I, I, I thought he wasn't charged with carrying the weapon in the first place. And then I had someone say, that's not true. He was. And I said, no, I'm pretty sure he wasn't. And they linked a story and I read through it. And I was like, oh, wow, I must have missed that one. My bad. I made a mistake. It's not hard, is it? If you're not willing to accept the facts and your immediate reaction to hearing something is, you're going to find out. I am sick of this. You are insane. These people are rage monsters. They are absolute rage monsters. This guy is nuts. Call it whatever you want. This movement began as a pathway towards justice and defense of black lives. As such, it is absolutely unacceptable for Twitter to allow Mr. Andy No, a clear and present danger to every black person in these United States, to remain on the platform professionally. Uh, and then it signs his name. Look at this. He won't shut up. What is it going to be, Twitter? What say you, Jack? Every black American uses their platform to see how you've allowed white supremacist propagandists 
This dude, Sean Zevran, is whiter than Andy Ngo is. Isn't that weird? Andy Ngo is a gay Vietnamese child of immigrants who is posting facts. Andy Ngo doesn't always get it right. Nobody does. They don't like what Andy Ngo is posting. Too bad. To bring it to this level, I think is, uh, I mean, look at this. This guy's got tweet after tweet after tweet about Andy Ngo. It's insane. It's nuts, man. This is the level we're at, where high-profile accounts with 266,000 followers can literally threaten a journalist. Where's anyone defending Andy No? Where's the media coming out and say, it's not okay, you can't do this. You, you can't threaten journalists for reporting facts. They won't come out because they're partisans. I think I see where things are going, and, and people don't want to believe it. But when you have people smashing the windows of private residences, for what? I don't know. When you have journalists getting threatened by anyone, left, right, I don't care. What is that? Where do you think this ends up? Recently, Spike Lee said that civil war is coming. Spike Lee did. Not me. Okay. I've said that I think it is simply because I'm seeing all these other stories saying it's coming. Cue the memes. Tim Pool and civil war. Haha. It's funny, right? Look at this and tell me we're wrong. Tell me Spike Lee is wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that the Atlantic is wrong. Tell me the Guardian is wrong because they wrote about the exact same things. Tell me that New York Times writer Tom Friedman is wrong. CNN for publishing it. Tell me they're wrong. I'd love to hear it. But when I'm seeing these these unhinged zealots enraged, blinding rage without knowing what's really going on, they don't care. They just want you to suffer because they're morally just. When you see that, it becomes pretty obvious, doesn't it? That the zealots will go out and they will smash everything up and no one will stop them. And of course, as we've already uh, noted, if you defend yourself, then you'll have the state coming after you because it's easier for the police to deal with you, a single person, than to deal with an angry mob. That's exactly why we have the Fifth Amendment, okay? The right to a trial by a jury of our peers. It's exactly why we have the Bill of Rights. These Democrats are feckless, spineless cowards, and they're causing these problems. It's about time we had someone enforce the Constitution and say, no, you do not get to show up to someone's house and then they get arrested when they protect themselves. You started the fight. But it's already happening. So we'll see how things play out in 25 days or about 26 days. I hope you all are ready. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. It is my main channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Because impeachment didn't work. The Russiagate scandal didn't work. Literally everything they threw at the wall didn't work. So now they're coming for the kitchen sink. That's right. The fabled 25th Amendment removal of Donald Trump, which is unhinged nonsense. What are they doing? Is this all they do? Yes. If you vote for Democrats, rest assured, all they will do is scream. We need to find a way to get rid of Trump. How about you just do your jobs, calm down, and prove that you're worth voting for? These people have lost their minds. Nancy Pelosi says, we're going to talk about the 25th Amendment. Yeah, you know what's going to happen? They're going to go, can we use the 25th Amendment to remove Trump? And they're going to say, no, because Mike Pence would have to come out with them. That's not going to happen. And why would they want Pence to be president? It's so dumb. Basically, here's the gist of the story. 
Donald Trump got COVID treatment. They're claiming it makes him crazy. Therefore, they want to invoke uh, the, the fourth uh, uh, provision of the 25th Amendment, which I'll read for you, which requires Mike Pence. It's just the stupidest trash. They do it over and over again. They're just vomiting into the ears of their stupid resistance supporters who have no idea what's really going on and don't even Google search these things. Nancy Pelosi says Congress will discuss using the 25th Amendment powers, which could remove Donald Trump amid fears COVID steroid treatment is affecting his mental health. What a dumb waste of time. They say Speaker Pelosi said 25th Amendment. Come here tomorrow, she told reporters on Capitol Hill. We're going to be talking about the 25th Amendment. She refused to give any more details, a move that will likely stoke speculation and build suspense over the next 24 hours. I'll talk to you about that tomorrow, she said when asked about it. I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. I'm not talking about it today, except to tell you that if you want to talk about that, I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, let me tell you. The media likes priming the Democrats like, Miss Pelosi, will you impeach Donald Trump? For what? Will you do it? Well, you know, we'll, we're considering all our options. Whoa, she's going to do it. Now Donald Trump is going to take this and he's going to run with it. Pelosi spoke after Trump was interviewed on Fox Business Network in a frenzied, almost hour long interview where he suggested Gold Star families may have infected him with COVID. Claimed again he was cured, equivocated over whether he was still on powerful steroids, demanded A.G. Barr indict Joe Biden and Barack Obama, and twice called Kamala Harris a monster. So what? So in other words, it was another old Wednesday or th- was this Thursday morning? Is this Thursday morning that did this? Was this yesterday? Whatever. It was just another day for Donald Trump. Ah, you know what? It must have been a day ending in Y. Congratulations. You've discovered that Donald Trump goes on TV and says things. What else is new? She indicated Friday's conversation was related to concerns about the steroids Trump is taking. Some doctors have raised concerns about dexamethasone, which can cause insomnia, mania, mood swings and rage. It has shown promise for treating patients with severe case of covid who are getting supplemental oxygen. Is she trying to imply that every single Democrat has been taking dexamethasone because they've been manic and, and, and having mood swings and have been displaying bouts of rage? That doesn't sound like Donald Trump. That sounds like you, dude. Let me just tell you what the 25th Amendment is. Why, good old Wikipedia here, 25th Amendment to the United States Constitution. They say it uh, deals with issues related to presidential succession and disability. It clarifies the vice president becomes president as opposed to acting president if the president dies, resigns, or, is, or, or is, resigns, or is removed from office, and establishes procedures for filling a vacancy in the office of the vice president and for responding to presidential disabilities. The 25th Amendment was submitted to the, to the states on July 6, 1965, by the 89th Congress and was adopted on February 10, 1967, during the 90th Congress, the day that the requisite number 38 of individual states had ratified the amendment. Now, Nancy Pelosi is specifically referring to section four of the text and effect declarations by vice president and principal officers. This is the one provision where they can claim Donald Trump is is incapable. Yeah, my, my English is incapable of doing the job and thus needs to be removed. And Vice President Mike Pence gets to be president. That doesn't make sense. These people have lost their minds. Section four addresses the case of an incapacitated president who is unable or unwilling to execute the voluntary declaration contemplated in section three. 
It is the amendments only section that has that has never been invoked. It allows the vice president, together with a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may may by law provide to declare the president unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office in written declaration. The transfer of authority to the vice president is immediate. And as with Section three, the vice president becomes acting president, not president, while the president remains in office, albeit divested of all authority. Then what happens is the president may declare that he is, in fact, capable of doing the job to which the vice president and the other major body need to make that declaration as well. Mike Pence is not going to come out and declare that Donald Trump is unfit. This is just insane. The House has no options. The 25th doesn't do what they think it does. And I don't know where they're getting this stuff. Section four's requirements for the vice president to remain acting president indefinitely. A declaration by the vice president together with a majority of the principal officers or other body then. If the president makes a counter declaration, a two thirds vote of the House and a two thirds vote of the Senate contrasts with the Constitution's procedures for removal of the president from office for high crimes and misdemeanor. The majority of the House followed by two thirds of the Senate, blah, blah, blah. They basically say a president thus declared unable to serve may subsequently issue a declaration saying that he is able. This marks the beginning of a four day period during which the vice president remains acting president. If by the end of this period, the vice president and a majority of the principal officers of the executive departments have not issued a second declaration of the president's incapacity, then the president resumes his powers and duties. If a second declaration of incapacity is issued within the four day period, the vice president remains acting president while Congress considers the matter. If within 21 days, the Senate and House determine each by a two thirds vote, that the president is incapacitated and the vice president continues as acting president. Otherwise, the president resumes his powers and duties. That's it. First of all, Pence isn't going to do it. Second of all, if he did, it would just mean Pence is acting president and Trump's chilling. OK, I guess. Is that what they want? Mike Pence to be president? Apparently so. Every single time they've tried to remove the president, everyone's been like, y'all, you know that Mike Pence will become president. And they're like, well, impeach him, too. He's in on it. Then Pelosi becomes president, I guess. And then uh, is it Pelosi? The Speaker of the House, House is next. But uh, the, the, the big issue for the upcoming election is that people are saying if the election is jammed up and that includes Congress, then the president pro tempe, I, I, it's, it's spelled tempore. I believe it's pronounced tempe, I guess. I'm not entirely sure. Becomes president. And that's Chuck Grassley of the Senate. Sorry. I guess it's Chuck Grassley, but I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. I can just tell you that these people are insane. I'm so sick of it. Please, I beg of you, America, vote these people out because this is all they do. Rest assured, any Democrat you elect is going to be like, thank you for your vote. I will now fulfill my promise to fight for kitchen table issues like getting the un. No, no, no. Uh, getting better health. No, no. Impeaching and removing Donald Trump. That's what I promised, right? Because that's what they all did. What do we have? 31 moderate Democrats were like, vote for me and I'll get you a better job. Healthcare, national security. People came with a smile on their face and said, please bring things back to normal. We beg of you. We don't like the Trump world. And the Democrats smiled, looked at him and said, no. And they took the ring from Mount Doom instead of casting it to the fires and left with it. The ring of orange man bad, of course. And they immediately said, we just want to play culture war. We don't care about you, America. We don't want to fight for your issues. We just want to impeach Trump because he hurts our feelings. 
That's what you got when you voted for the moderate Democrat. And that was a cold, hard kick in the nuts. Hey, all of these people who said, don't worry, we'll be different. Vote for us. And then these people came out and they voted for them, thinking this will be the change to give us back the world before Donald Trump. But Donald Trump didn't create this world. He's a symptom of it, not the creator of it. And thus, this is not going back to normal. Do not give these people power because all they do is scream and bang their heads on walls that the orange man is bad. Yeah, you got beef with President Trump. That's fine. But they are not doing anything about it. So I don't know what to tell you, man. I think the only option that makes sense is the Republicans winning. Otherwise, it's going to be this over and over. Nancy Pelosi Her brain is broken. The 25th Amendment, because the Ukraine thing didn't work and Russiagate didn't work. How many times are we going to get? We got Russiagate one, the Russia hoax. Russiagate two, Ukrainian boogaloo. We briefly had Russiagate three, big problems with little China. They were trying to claim that Trump was colluding with China now. That didn't work because no one believes that because Trump rags on China too much. And now we got Russiagate four, COVID crisis and the Trump steroid roid rage. That's what they're going for now. They're going to try and remove Donald Trump on the 25th by claiming that the medication he received for COVID has affected his mental health. It won't work. It doesn't work that way. It's all they do. I am so sick and tired of these people, man. I just want them to stop. And I'll tell you what else. It's not voting for them that's going to make it stop. When the little kid is screaming, I want ice cream. Does giving the kid ice cream make it stop? No, it just tells them, keep doing this. It works and I'll give you more ice cream. No, you tell the kid to shut your mouth. You're getting no ice cream now. If you don't shut up, I'm not going to give you any ice cream next time we come. And I'll be good. That's right. Discipline. Okay, that's what they need. The Democrats need to understand if you keep screaming in my face about this, you're making me want to go out and vote for anyone but you. And that's what's going to happen. I'll leave it there. A couple more segments coming up in just a few minutes. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. We're all waiting for that October surprise, man. And we're kind of getting a little bit of it. Donald Trump announced he's going to declassify all the Russiagate documents. And now apparently there's some evidence to suggest that Barack Obama knew there was, potentially, a plot to accuse Donald Trump of colluding with Russia, though he didn't, to protect Hillary Clinton because the media was coming after her. Well, surprise, surprise, Hillary Clinton worked in the Obama administration and Obama's probably friends with her. So why would he do anything to hurt her? Donald Trump, however, the political rival of Barack Obama, was investigated for years over Russiagate. Donald Trump is snapping off and telling Bill Barr, y'all better indict some of these MFers. Donald Trump apparently retweeted someone. uh, It was an image of Chris Farley screaming, for the love of God, arrest somebody. I'm not a fan of just screaming arrest somebody. I'm a fan of them producing an, a, a, a document, charging documents, sending them to the publishing them, saying, here's the press, here to go to the press so we can read them with all the evidence that we can see and then having the FBI give us a perp walk. I don't know if that'll be Obama or Hillary or whatever, but do it by the book. We'll see. If you don't, I won't forget it. Trump's threat to Bill Barr to charge Joe Biden and Obama over Spygate And he wants Hillary Clinton indicted, too. Interesting. I wonder if Daily Mail is being a bit bombastic here. President Donald Trump said in a televised interview that he has spoken to Attorney General Bill Barr about the high stakes Durham probe, received assurances the government has plenty of evidence to bring charges against his main political rivals. He made the extraordinary statement 
which, if accurate, would be a breach of normal firewalls between prosecutors and the executive in a politically charged investigation and an appearance on the Fox Business Network, where he also pronounced himself cured of the coronavirus. The Justice Department did not immediately respond when asked to confirm the president's characterization of his conversation with Barr. Trump also repeatedly blasted Hillary Clinton for her email scandal that was a feature of the 2016 campaign and said former President Barack Obama and 2020 rival former Vice President Joe Biden should be charged with spying on his campaign. Quote, unless Bill Barr indicts these people for crimes, the greatest political crime in the history of our country, then we're going to get little satisfaction unless I win and we'll just have to go because I won't forget it, Trump said. But these people should be indicted. This was the greatest political crime in the history of our country. And that includes Obama and it includes Biden. These are people that spied on my campaign and we have everything. And Joe Biden is running. So you can't investigate Joe Biden because he's running for president. and Donald Trump's trying to swing the election. But apparently investigating Donald Trump in the last campaign was totally fine. Lock him up. That's it. I don't care. You want to investigate Donald Trump and all of his people and then falsely accuse them of BS process crimes? Fine, go ahead and do it. But that means tit for tat, baby. I want to see Donald Trump lock them up too. Just do it. Because if the game we're playing is that the rules are you can investigate your rivals, then why shouldn't Joe Biden be under investigation and indicted for criminal charges? Why shouldn't we go through all of the three years for Joe Biden? Now, to be completely honest, I'm so over it. I don't want it to happen. I just want to move on from this stuff. But it's not going to stop if the Democrats think they can get away with it. And that's what's happening. Unfortunately, that's what keeps happening. They say that Trump uh, was refer- was referencing U.S. Attorney John Durham's probe of alleged FBI misconduct during the Russia probe instigated by Barr's appointment of Durham, a career prosecutor. We have some photos here of everybody describing the government's evidence. Trump said, now they say they have much more. OK, and I say, Bill, we've got plenty. You don't need any more. We've got so much. Maria, even just take a look at the Comey report, 78 pages of kill done by Horowitz. And I have a lot of respect for Horowitz. And he said, prosecute. He recommended prosecute and they didn't prosecute. I was I couldn't believe it, but they didn't do it because they said we have much bigger fish to fry. He said, I'm calling BS It's because the game's crony. It's crony BS and it's rigged. He was speaking to Fox business host Maria Bertromo. He praised DOJ inspector general Michael uh, inspector general Michael Horowitz, whose lengthy report included an array of findings critical of the conduct of FBI agents involved in the Russia probe. Trump also attacked federal prosecutors who obtained a guilty plea from former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, and who secured a sentence of longtime Trump advisor Roger Stone. Trump commuted Stone's sentence before he was to appear in prison. Former campaign chair Paul Manafort is in home confinement after getting a seven and a half year sentence on corruption charges. Quote, well, that's okay. They indicted Flynn for lying and he didn't lie. They destroyed many lives. Roger Stone over nothing. They destroyed lives. Look at Manafort. They sent in a black book. It was a phony black book, phony. They made up a black book of cash that he got from Ukraine or someplace, and he didn't get any cash. It was a phony book, Trump said. Barr admonished Trump to avoid public comments after his remarks and tweets about the Stone case and reportedly argued against the commutation of his sentence after conviction for lying to Congress about his contacts with WikiLeaks and witness tampering. On Thursday, Trump spoke repeatedly about the government's evidence, having previously said he tries to keep his distance from prosecutions. He indicated his declassification of materials was designed to aid prosecution. Look, we have all the evidence in the world. In addition to that, I released everything, every document. 
I don't care what it pertains to. I released everything. I've declassified. I'm the only one in the country that has the power to do that. I've declassified everything. I did it a year ago, actually, for Bill Barr. I declassified everything so they would have no. So there's not a document they can't have. Donald Trump, right now, pardon Edward Snowden and Julian Assange. Do it. You want to go after these intelligence frauds that were smearing you, framing your people and all that stuff? I got the best way. Just pardon Assange and uh, uh, Snowden. Just do it. But it's not that easy. Here's a quote. It's not that easy. You have a deep state. You have a group of people that don't want to have documents shown, which tells you uh, which tells you bad thing, you know, but they they have to give them ultimately. And we're getting them. You know, he said the president indicated Barr's own reputation was on the line. To be honest, Bill Barr is going to go down either as the greatest attorney general in the history of the country or he's going to go down as a very sad, sad situation. I mean, I'll be honest with you. He's got all the information he needs. They want to get more, more, more. They keep getting more. I say you don't need any more. You got more stuff than anybody's ever had. Trump also said he would get involved with prosecuting Hillary Clinton, having vowed to lock her up during his 2016 campaign. I've never seen such liars as this. They're worse than crooked Hillary. She was worse in other ways. She was worse when she deleted 33,000 emails illegally, and she should be indicted for that, Trump said. I said I'm going I'm I'm going to not get involved, but I'm going to have to get involved, Trump said. Obama's wife, former lady, former first lady Michelle Obama, cut a blistering video released by the Biden camp Monday where she called Trump racist. I have no idea what that has to do with anything they just pointed out. But I'm going to tell you this. It's true. Hillary Clinton was ordered to turn over her servers. Instead, her people deleted 33,000 emails and probably a lot more. Public record. Things we're supposed to have access to. And what was her excuse? Oh, his emails about yoga. I don't care. I don't care if it was an email about a recipe for your, uh, your, your famous family Italian pizza or pasta. I don't care what any of the conspiracy theorists think that means either. Just publish whatever innocuous garbage you have because it's public record. They didn't do that. Rules for thee, but not for me. We can see there's a two-tier justice system. And it's not the, it's not Trump versus the Democrats or the Democrats versus Trump. It's the establishment versus everybody else. Guess what? The people that were doing these things were establishment players. Come on, baby. I do not believe anything is going to happen to them. Donald Trump is screeching about it. Donald Trump is angry about it. And I get it. But clearly this shows Donald Trump is not on the inside of things. And even as the president of the United States, he is still an outsider. That's the sad reality. Now, will Bill Barr do the right thing and bring about charges where they're where, where they exist? I don't think so. I really don't. I like Bill Barr. I think he's a good dude. I think he's called out the far left and Antifa. But that's easy to do, right? Especially as a lawman. But you're going to go after Obama, Biden, Hillary. Them, them, them's powerful people, man. And that could potentially cause a constitutional crisis or it could inflame tensions and destabilize. But I'll tell you what, I don't care who it is. If we have evidence they broke the law, lock them up, be it Obama, be it Biden, or be it Trump. I don't care. No special protections. Now, the left is fairly convinced that Donald Trump is going to prison after he leaves uh, office. I think that's ridiculous. 
And unfortunately for the Trump supporters, I think it's ridiculous to believe that Barack Obama or Joe Biden will face any criminal charges. Hillary Clinton is going to get by because she's powerful, because she has money and she's connected. And because you're going to have people saying, well, for the good of the country, we can't do this because it could destabilize our nation and the Democrats will get mad and it'll lead to civil war, blah, 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 blah. You know, it'll lead to destabilization, not enforcing the law. If we have evidence that Clinton committed a crime, and I guess on the surface, it seems she did. If we have evidence that Joe Biden did, and there's a lot of circumstantial evidence to suggest he did, then they should be arrested. Because if we have a country where we can see what they've done, and then nothing happens, it just shows that there, there, there is no justice. And that will lead to destabilization. And that will lead to people saying the only way to get justice is to take it into your own hands. And that's a problem. We can't have that. We need law enforcement to deal with this. But if law enforcement is broken and won't stop Antifa, the DAs, and they won't arrest high ranking members of government, well, then it's worse than we realize, isn't it? And what does that mean? Perhaps the coup will have worked. Perhaps the media smears of Trump will have worked and the establishment will regain control November 3rd and we'll all have to live with it. I certainly hope that's not the case, but it does seem like that's the direction we're going. Donald Trump, you know, going off on this rant saying, do something, says to me they're not going to. Now, I will I will add, some people are, are saying that it was a it was, uh, Hillary Clinton made a mistake in, uh, or uh, not, not necessarily her, but the Access Hollywood tapes were released too, too early, and they should have waited to the very last minute. So maybe what we'll see is a week before the election. I guess we can only wait and find out. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. In the interest of justice, Portland DA rejects over 540 riot-related cases. Oh, so uh, they're just going to keep rioting, huh? Yes, they've been rioting nonstop. It's been 133 days. The National Guard's been deployed in two different states and is on standby in two other states. Great. That's the results of a criminal justice system that will not enforce its own laws. Against one group of people, mind you, because while the Portland DA is saying, if you are far left and you want to fight cops and do whatever, you're fine. Nobody's going to arrest you. But New York says, if you are an Orthodox Jewish person, then they're going to shut down your neighborhoods, chain your parks shut. And then Cuomo is going to say these clusters must be stamped out. Choose your words more carefully, Cuomo. Because we can see what the left has been saying for quite some time. And I have some interesting questions for you. You see, when it comes to the Orthodox community in New York and they're out protesting, what do we get? Bill de Blasio says, we will not tolerate this destruction and chaos and blah, blah, blah. Mr. de Blasio, you painted Black Lives Matter by your own hand in the street. And these people were ransacking your city. So shut your mouth. They're clearly targeting Jewish people. And I think it's because they're Jewish. I do. Uh, Bill de Blasio is one of these progressive leftists. He's the one writing Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter organizers have praised Farrakhan in the past. We know what they're doing. And over on the north in the Pacific Northwest, they're releasing Antifa. According to the Post Millennial, the Multnomah County District Attorney released data related to the Portland protests and riot arrests, revealing that most cases since George Floyd's death were dropped and a majority of cases were rejected in the interest of justice. The new mass demonstration protest case is the most complete data to date made available to the public regarding the Black Lives Matter Antifa riots 
and protests that have convulsed Portland since May. The overview documents filing status dropped cases. The reasons cases weren't pursued, nature of crimes and demographic information. Between May 29th and October 5th, there were 974 cases brought to the MCDA's office by Portland police. Many involve repeat offenders. Now, the number isn't published in the report. Nearly 70% of these cases were dropped. 543 cases were rejected in the interest of justice. 44 cases due to insufficient evidence. 12 cases due to a legal impediment. And 67 cases are pending investigative follow-up from law enforcement. A majority of cases involve suspects who are white and male. Interesting. Black lives matter, huh? Constituting 77 and 67% respectively. 83% of the suspects are young adults aged 18 to 35. Uh, juvenile data is not included. The MCDA says its dashboard will be updated weekly by authorities as crime records are entered into the district attorney's case management system. Quote, transparency in the work we do is a keystone to my administration, said District Attorney Mike Schmidt in a press release. Schmidt won in a landslide election as a progressive candidate. After coming into office, he announced a policy of decriminalizing a list of protest and riot offenses for those charged at this year's BLM Antifa demonstrations. That's right. He did. And he won't extend the same courtesy to right wing groups. He says, no, no, if you're right wing, uh, uh, you go to prison. Bye bye. Over in New York. This is what we get in coronavirus. Uh, they say Orthodox Jews in Brooklyn rebel against Cuomo's COVID-19 clampdown on their neighborhoods. Let me ask you something. Why are they releasing Antifa who are clustering together and not wearing, you know, well, they're wearing masks for sure. But regardless, shouldn't they shut down the protests in the name in, in the name of COVID? No, these people are free to go. No charges, nothing. Just keep doing it. 133 days, huh? Wow. Well, over in New York, Brooklyn was seething with resentment Thursday after a second night of demonstrations in the New York City borough by Orthodox Jews infuriated by Governor Andrew Cuomo's COVID-19 clampdown on their neighborhoods. The epicenter of the of anger was in the borough park section, where what started as a rally rally Wednesday night in support of Donald Trump turned violent with at least 100 Hasidim setting fires and burning masks in the streets and denouncing both Cuomo and de Blasio. Local firebrand and city council candidate Harold Heshi Tischler directed the crowd to chant at a reporter named Jacob Kornbluh, who was covering the story for the Jewish Insider, local media reported. But the situation escalated, and Kornbluh said he was attacked by the crowd. Quote, I was just brutally assaulted, hit in the head and kicked. Uh, kicked at by an angry crowd of hundreds of community members of the Borough Park protest while yelling at me Nazi and Hitler. After Heshi Tischler recognized me and ordered the crowd to chase me down the street, Cornbell later tweeted after New York City police officers came to his aid. Violence is wrong. Do not attack journalists, please. Even if they're lying about you or you don't like them, let them do their thing because you just need people to share as much information as possible. Cornbell's account appeared to be supported by video posted on Twitter. By a Gothamist reporter, which showed Tischler yelling at the uh, cornered reporter, you're a Moisner, Moiser, snitch. Everybody scream Moiser. I actually think that's kind of funny. All of them just like yelling at a Moiser. But uh, it, it's kind of messed up. They attacked the guy. Come on. Tischler did not immediately return a quest for comment. Earlier, another man identified by the New York Daily News as uh, other media as bearish gets was beaten unconscious when he was spotted videotaping the demonstration. And then they just have other developments. Well, Ron Coleman says... He has a series of tweets. Wait, uh, wait, what indeed does Cuomo tolerate? Andrew Cuomo tweeted, Rabbi Gottenberg told uh, about last night's attack in Manzi, uh, Manzi 
There was no warning. Nothing said just hate. A country is not what it does. It is also what it tolerates. I do not tolerate this. We must call this what it is, domestic terrorism, and the laws must treat it that way. Coleman said, the governor does not remember what he told Rabbi Rottenberg that day, but Rabbi Rottenberg remembers, and along with Liberty CTR and PNJ, uh, PN Jaban, we are reminding him. Here's our letter to NYC Governor Cuomo demanding that the cluster action initiative targeting Orthodox Jews and synagogues end now. So they've actually published a letter to the Honorable Andrew Cuomo. Here's why I'm, tr- I'm showing these two stories for you. When you see what's going on with Antifa and Black Lives Matter, they're given carte blanche. Their name is painted in the street. Okay, Cuomo, de Blasio, will you write something honoring the Orthodox Jewish community in the street for their protests? And if not, why not? Is there something about a group of Orthodox Jewish men that you take issue with? Is there something about these people and their ideology and faith that you don't like? But you would be willing to support Black Lives Matter and many of these people who have praised, say, Farrakhan. I do not trust these people. I see the racial, the racialization that they push forward, these leftists, and I see their attacks on the Jewish community as disgusting. I lived. So there was an area of, of Bed-Stuy in the Brooklyn area where it like overlaps between the Jewish community and probably, I guess you can say Hispanic and, and black project housing. I live there. It's over on Myrtle and Nostrand. It's where the, uh, the two cops got assassinated by the black identity extremist. Right across from my apartment was um, the Marcy Projects, they called it. Marcy Playground, whatever. And if you came out, if you, if you turned to the West, it was all Orthodox. Some of the nicest people I've ever met. I wasn't a member of their community. They were very, very nice to me. It was very lovely and pleasant in this neighborhood. And I take a particular offense that these people are being targeted in this way. And I'll say the same thing to everybody I lived around. All, it wasn't just the Orthodox community. It was a very nice neighborhood. And there would be, uh, uh, you know, Latino people. There'd be black people. There'd be white people playing basketball, hanging out. It was, it was nice. It was really nice. And if you went, if you went west from my street, you'd end up in this area that was almost entirely Orthodox Jew. Totally fine and lovely. In fact, they had food some other places didn't have. You'd walk in. You can get like white fish on a bagel. New York's great for that stuff. And, uh, uh, it was nice. And these people were nice. Now these, this community is being targeted by the cluster action initiative. What offends me is that you have extremists marching through these city streets, smashing things up, screaming, starting fires, and Bill de Blasio would paint their name across the country. And here you have just a, a, a religious community kind of doing their thing, not hurting anybody. If you got a problem with the COVID thing, well, that's on them. That's their community. What else do you want me to say? And they're being targeted over it. So there's a firm representing Rabbi uh, Chaim Rottenberg, rabbi of the congregation Nitzak Yisroel, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, in Monzi, New York. And we write on their behalf concerning your imposition of a so-called cluster action initiative focused on purported hotspots. These areas largely coincide with areas of Orthodox Jewish population in the metropolitan New York City area, including Rockland County, but conspicuously avoiding many statistical hotspots of COVID-19 case spikes. And that's the point. I showed the map of this a couple days ago. The hotspots are in many areas of New York. They're specifically targeting Jewish people. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what else to say to that. One of the primary features of this new set of regulations is an order in violation of the injunction entered in Seuss v. Cuomo. I'm not going to get into all of this, but I'll read you the conclusion of the letter because I don't want to get into too much uh, nitty gritty. There is, notwithstanding the claim 
To the contrary, no scientific or epidemiological justification for the promulgation of these regulations and doing so on the eve of the Jewish holiday of Simchus Torah is a particular offensive abuse of power. We write to urge your honor that these that these this action be withdrawn and permanently shelved and to advise the state that absent such action, our clients, as well as other allied rabbis and congregations will take appropriate legal action, including the filing of civil action seeking relief inter alia under 42 U.S. Code 1983 because of the violation of our clients' constitutional rights. We've already seen in Michigan, Pennsylvania, it's been upheld. These, these, rule, these, these, these edicts are unconstitutional. I don't know how else to phrase it other than the opening paragraph here. These lockdowns conspicuously avoid actual hotspots. De Blasio targets the Jewish community, and in Portland, they allow Antifa to do whatever they want. Should that be a red flag to all of you? I'm not some staunch conservative or religious person. I'm just pointing out literally what's happening. I hope y'all are waking up. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.